Today I, I want to pray again for us because we are in such an unusual season, aren't we? As if you turn on your phone, you look on Facebook, if you look at the news, if you speak to friends, because we are just simply so distracted by coronavirus, aren't we? So I want to commit not just the coronavirus to God, but our time together that we might take something from today that is not just related to the coronavirus. Is that okay? Heavenly Father, we have taken a step of boldness to come into your throne room to worship you because we love you. Lord, we've chosen to follow your word and come together into fellowship, not because we we don't fear anything, but because we love you. And Lord, we know that your protection on our lives is greater than any fear in the world. But Lord, we we want to take common sense. We're going to wash our hands and we're not going to share food and we're not going to shake hands unnecessarily. We're we're going to listen to wisdom too. In fact, we pray for wisdom. We we want the wisdom of Solomon as, as we navigate this for ourselves and our families and our workplaces. That Lord, you give us wisdom, that you give our government wisdom, that you give our leaders wisdom and our teachers wisdom. Lord, that you give us as an eldership wisdom. That we might make wise and clever choices to protect ourselves and the the, the body of Christ, but also the wider community. But Lord, I know in my heart of hearts and my mind of minds that you are Lord. That you are King of kings and Lord of lords and you are still sat on your throne. And I know that through this people will be scared. I know that through this people will be fearful. But I know through this that people will turn their hearts and their lives back to you. And for that, I give you thanks in advance. I thank you for answered prayer. Lord, I want you to keep those families safe. Lord, I want you to to bring peace and healing and restoration to those who have this virus. Lord, I want you to bring restoration to the families that have even lost people because of this virus. But Lord, we will not be derailed. We will not be taken off track because of something that's going on in the media. We will not be taken off our track, off our mission, because of some health scare. No matter how bad it gets, I'm not dismissing the the severity of it. But Lord, I'm saying no matter what Satan or this broken world will throw in our way, we commit to you today that we will not be derailed from the mission that you have called us to be on. Because when we gave you our lives, we gave you our whole lives. And we commit those lives back to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. With the irony, Pete, you just mentioned about all the football being cancelled and all the rugby and all the other sports, it's kind of funny, isn't it? I'm a big sports fan uh, and I wasn't really paying much attention, if I'm honest, to the coronavirus until Bristol City contacted me and said, we've cancelled the next three games. I thought, whoa, it must be serious. (laughs) Because football is not more, it's, it's more than life and death. It's very, very important to a lot of people. But I don't want to talk to you about Bristol City. I do want to talk to you about a very famous old football analogy. And it said it's a game of two halves. For those of you who don't like sports, I think you'll even understand that analogy. That there is a first half, you go and have a cup of tea. You come back and you have a second half. And today's message to you is going to be a game of two halves. And I believe this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as a community. But actually wider. So David, we were in a prayer meeting yesterday. I shared much of this yesterday. Sorry, you're going to hear this twice. Because I think this is God's word to his people. Not just the ones that are sat here today, but anybody in the hearing of this message. I believe God wants you to know that you are saved by the blood of the Lamb. First half. It goes on, it's Revelation 12 for those of you who want to find it. It says, the enemy was overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony. We're going to come to the power of your testimony in a minute. But for now we're going to talk about the blood of the Lamb. 
I'm going to mainly be talking to you through Matthew 14:22 to 36 today. And this is something, uh, believe it or not, the Lord impressed on my heart several weeks ago, even before the coronavirus was on the media, before anybody knew it was more than just a flu. I read the story of when Jesus was in the boat. Matthew 14, 22 to 36 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side. Well, he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Said, it's a ghost. They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus went on to a 45 minute sermon. No, he didn't. He said, come. He said one word, come. And then Peter got out of the boat. He walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and he was afraid in the beginning, he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all of their sick to him and begged him to let the sick touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. I could preach to you 10 45-minute sermons from that story. They saw Jesus himself walking on water. They saw the miracle. Jesus then encouraged them to be a part of the miracle. Peter especially. I'm walking on water, so can you. Come and walk on water with me. And do you know what? Peter had the faith to do that. And he stepped out of the boat and he started walking on water. How much faith would you need if you'd just seen Jesus himself in flesh walking on water? And he then allowed you to walk on water with him. I wouldn't even need the faith of a mustard seed. I'd just seen it. That's not faith. I saw the miracle. So why do you think he began to sink? He could see Jesus. He experienced the miracle. He's walking on water. Why did he begin to sink? Well, it doesn't say it here in so many words. It tells you what happened. I want to paraphrase it like this for you so you have something you can take away. And if this is all you want, write it down and go home. He took his eyes off Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus. Because he stepped out and he saw Jesus. He said, Jesus, I see you. And I can see you walking on water and you've just given me the invitation. So I'm going to walk on water with you. And then what happened? He noticed the wind and he noticed the rain and he noticed the waves and he began to sink. In the noticing of the things that were going on, he took his eyes off Jesus. Can I ask you, church, 
And I want to ask you because I love you. I'm going to try and catch every one of your eyes when I say that. I ask you because I love you. This is not me being prophetic. This is not Jesus talking to you now, although he does. This is me as your friend telling you, I love you. I don't want you to get the coronavirus. I don't want you to get sick. But I also don't want you to live in fear. And the one solution to not living in fear is you do not take your eyes off Jesus. For those of you who are listening at home, and I'm guessing there are going to be many, don't take your eyes off Jesus. I love you too. Even if I've never met you, I love you. So does Jesus. We should not be ruled by fear. I am not asking you to be stupid. I'm not asking you to go around and touch every surface and shake every hand and start licking the handrails. I don't know if any of you got the internet. There was a woman being interviewed on the telly and she was talking, she was obviously some sort of scientist and she was telling people about sanitation and how to stay hygienic and her daughter was behind her licking a handrail. <laughs> Please don't lick the handrails, okay? Wash your hands. I told you when you arrived to wash your hands. I will tell you when you leave and get home to wash your hands again. I want you to be safe. I want you to adhere to common sense. But I do not want you to be ruled by fear. It is my great suspicion that the devil is sat in Hades right now with his feet up, with his pipe and his slippers, and he is laughing at his church. Because all he had to do was lie to us and say there is going to be a pandemic. You may die. You may lose your grandparents and the sick and the vulnerable. And he brought the whole nation to a halt. He brought the whole world to a halt. And do you know what? I don't care about that. What I care about is that he doesn't bring the church to a halt. Because we are on a mission. But we are on a co-mission with Jesus. And when you have Jesus on your side, you don't need to be concerned by the other things. You need to apply common sense. But you do not need to live in fear. In fact, we are on a mission, are we not? I'm not going to read to you our mission statement for the year again. But you remember, we, we keep going on about it. We're here to help the sick. We're here to help the poor. But we're also here to share the word. You can tell when I start talking about the blood of the lamb, we were going to talk about your salvation and God's healing power of your life. But how many of you got scared when I said in the power of your testimony? Because right now in this season, we are not going to be called to retreat. We are also not going to be called to hold the line. We are going to be called to advance. We are going to see the kingdom of God advance during the coronavirus pandemic. Why? Because our truth is true. God is alive today. God is real. God has a hand on your life. And God wants his people back. Yes. But there's a lot of people out there that were undecided. I'm not talking about the staunch atheists and the, the scientists that have they've made their mind up and if anything they're going to be so arrogant and stuck in their ways that the whole world could end. We could be in the, in, the, in the rapture and they still wouldn't change their minds. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the vast majority of those stood between us and them that still haven't made their mind up or still haven't been told about the gospel and the love of Jesus. So many of them are going to be right now without a keyword. They're going to be without hope. They are destitute. They are putting their hope, all joking aside, in toilet paper. They are putting their hope in hand sanitizer. They are putting their hope in the English Football League. 
or the Premier League or the school governors to make the right choices for them. But really what they're being governed by and what they're putting their hope in is fear. They are being ruled by fear. Now, I stand here and I don't ask any of you to stand with me, not one, because it's your choice. But I will not stand in fear of anything when I have Jesus on my side. So when somebody is out there without hope, I want them to know the hope that we have in Jesus. I can tell so many people, and with the modern technology we've got, I can tell a lot of people. But so can you, if you choose to join me. The beauty of technology is that doesn't even mean really taking a risk to yourself, does it? It could be a, a phone call to an elderly neighbour. It could be a text message to somebody you haven't spoken to in a while. It could be sharing a Bible verse on Facebook. It could be knocking on your neighbour's door. It could be stood there, like so many people have said to me this week in God, how can you be stood there without fear? And I get to say to them, because my hope is greater than your fear. Now a non-believer won't get this next bit, but let's say I contract the coronavirus. And let's say I get the worst possible strain. And let's say it makes me very sick or even worse makes me die. Is my hope greater than death? Yes. So I have nothing to fear. Until Carly and I were talking on the phone earlier on. And as he said, the truth is, and I want to be honest with you, I actually do have some fear. I'm not Superman. Oh, bless him. He calls me Batman there, doesn't he? I don't know where that came from. Not, not appropriate during the coronavirus. It started from bats. But I'm not immune to fear. Because the truth is, my fear is over my family. My fear is over my brother who still doesn't know Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. My fear is over my friends, my family, my neighbours, the people that I love who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. My fear is not over my own life. My fear is over them. Because if they get sick before they receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, then this is bigger than life and death. This is bigger than any football match. This is bigger than any company that goes bust because of the economic impacts. This is bigger than the travel bans to the USA and cancelled holidays. This is bigger than a damaged education. This is somebody's eternity, people. This is somebody's eternity. So we have hope. And I want to talk to you about that now. We have hope, but it's our job to share it. If you think about the, the verse, the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony, the first half of that is a gift. You didn't earn the blood of Christ. You didn't earn the blood of the Lamb. He did it because he chose you, because he loves you, because he wanted to. And many of you will remember the story that when I was a young man, very, very young boy, uh, being dragged to church, I had no faith in myself. But I saw the cross. I saw the cross. And I saw Jesus hanging there. And my mother will tell you, it took me days to stop. But I was whimpering and I was crying. And all I could say was I never asked him to. Because I saw this man suffering, dripping with blood, covered in scars. And I knew he did it for me, but I didn't ask him to. He did it because he chose me. He did it because he chose you. He did it for his people. The first is a gift. The blood of the lamb is a gift to you. All you have to do is accept it. But the second, the power of your testimony, is a call to arms. It's a call to action. 
And I appreciate that you've heard a lot of stuff this week, whether it be on the news or from the government or from your employers, from your friends, from your family, from your social media, and every one of them is telling you to retreat. Every one of them is telling you to step down. I am telling you to step up and to step out in faith. I am not telling you to not wash your hands. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Please, please protect yourself. At Friday night, we talked to the youth about putting on the armour of God. Ephesians. It's a wonderful thing. It's a helmet of salvation and a shield of faith. So we're going to get dressed like that, but I want you to get dressed with your hand sanitizer and your soap and your, your towels. And I don't want you to go like licking handrails, okay? I want you to be safe, but this is a call to arms. Who in your life right now needs to know Jesus? And then ask yourself, which crazy bunch of people just booked an Easter event in the faith that people would come? I'm sure the people who were involved in that thought I was insane. And I don't know who will come, but I will be happy if one does. One. And we'll keep them safe, we'll wipe down the tables and we'll be careful when we're serving the food. We'll have hand sanitizer at the door. But that person or people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ when they need it most. And that's your call to arms. I want to talk to you about what is your battle cry. And for those who've been to this church more than once, you know this has happened more than once. But Sue and I compared notes before I preached today. And she spoke to you from Romans 5. Yet again, I'm going to speak to you from Romans 5. I love it when the preacher and the worship leader completely sync up in the power of the Holy Spirit. But Romans 5, 1 to 8. And then we are going to, we're going to read a little bit from Ephesians 2. And ironically, for like others, we're going to finish with, with Proverbs 3. But if you all turn to Romans 5, 1 to 8, I'm going to read a little bit longer than Sue did during the worship. That's okay. The sermon goes on too long. But today, with the truth of the gospel, with the blood of the Lamb, and every single piece of information we have about the coronavirus and the current state of affairs in the UK, this is our battle cry. Romans 5, 1-8 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God in our Lord Jesus Christ through our Lord NIV through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand read it again Ricky therefore first half remember therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace we do not have fear we don't have anxiety we do not have contempt. We do not have toilet rolls. We do not have hoarding. We do not have hatred towards our neighbour. We don't have jealousy. We have peace. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast. So your version said something else earlier. Rejoice. We rejoice. Whether I am boasting to you, we told some little boy off yesterday for boasting. He got his own way and he jumped around and he waved his hands in the air. And I said, if you do that again, you're never going to get your own way again. But he jumped up and down. He, he was rejoicing. He was boasting because what he had was good. 
Are you boasting about this faith and this peace that you have when everyone else is panicking? I want to see you jump, every one of you, every one of you. I want to see you jumping up and down on your sofas, waving your arms and legs in the air going, I win! I've got it! Where's your boasting? We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us? It's a gift. You see, at the very right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That was us. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we're not boasting about it. We should be boasting about it. We should be rejoicing about it. We should be jumping up and down and telling the whole world about it. And I'm not even asking you to go and lick the lamppost. I'm asking you to put it on Facebook. I'm asking you to send somebody an invitation to the Alpha course that starts in a few weeks. I'm asking you to put something simple in a text message that says, during this difficult time. Actually, I might actually get you to do this. I might text it to all of you, ask you to cut, copy and paste it and send it out. That says, during this difficult time, I was thinking about you and I wanted you to know that I love you. And so does Jesus. That might get a few funny replies. I get that. To your Hindu brothers and your Buddhist sisters and your atheist friends. But if we don't tell them, how will they know? Maybe you can't send it to your work colleagues because of the persecution this nation is under in sharing the gospel. Maybe you won't care. I was told that when I was in secular work. That's not why I left secular work, by the way. I was told I couldn't share my faith. So I didn't. I shared the restorative love of Jesus instead. And every time somebody had a problem, they came to me. And every time they had a problem, I gave them good wisdom. And it was often scripture. They didn't know it, but it was often scripture. And then when they asked me where it came from or how I knew these things, that was my invitation to speak and share the gospel. Was it John Wesley who once said, I always preach the gospel. Sometimes I use words. But you can send a text message. You can send an email. You can make a phone call. If you are being quarantined or you are self-isolating at home, this is time to get your phone book out and start ringing the people that you love. What did you do today? Oh, I self-quarantined. What did you do today? I went to church. What? A public gathering? Yes. Because I have a higher hope. Do you know, it's not trending at the moment, but I bet it will be. The word hope. But it won't be trending for the right reasons. It'll be trending for the wrong reasons. Because it'll be we have no hope. And it'll be the hopeless. And it'll be a picture of a nurse covered in feces and blood and somebody's vomit. And it'll say, the healthcare can't handle it. And it'll be of teachers distressing because the schools have been closed. And parents being stuck at home. There'll be lines of queues of people that have lost their jobs because through fear we stopped spending money and companies went bankrupt. It won't hit the elite. 
The elite shares might drop for a few weeks and then they'll come back again. This is going to hit the poor people. Do you remember when Helen was here a few weeks ago? She said Jesus didn't have favourites. But if he did, it would be the poor. He doesn't. But if he did. Do you remember? But he doesn't. But if he did. The fear of the coronavirus will hit poor people more than anything else. More than the coronavirus itself. And they're Jesus' favourite. Not that he has favourites, but he's their favourite. I love Helen. One of my favourite Bible verses, and I've probably preached on this more times than anything for, is Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. And it just says, we are saved by grace through faith. So when somebody wants to ask you theological questions or ask you stuff about the Bible or your faith, keep it nice and simple. I'm not perfect, but I saved Ray and I are doing an Alpha course at the moment, aren't we, with, uh, with New Life Wood. And we've got some pretty tasty atheists in there. We have a guy in there whose IQ, I think, is higher than everybody else's in the group. They're laughing there because they know who I'm talking about. And he's the biggest atheist. And right now, he can't argue with us because we've decided we're not going to argue with him. We're just going to demonstrate the love of Christ. And he gets it. He's, he's not, probably not going to do anything about it. But he gets it. We're going to demonstrate the love of Christ. Because we are saved by grace. We're not saved to judge others. Here's one for you. If you are going to listen to today and take this away, you are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Remember, it's a gift. You don't have to do anything, but you're safe. You have a hope. It's good. You have a mission if you choose to accept it. That's mission impossible, right? Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go and share your testimony with people. Their testimony, don't get me wrong, for those who've been in church for a long time, you think your testimony is, so that's how I came to know Jesus. So I have to stand there and go, when I was young, I was dragged up in the church, and then my mum took me to this event, and then the Holy Spirit touched. That is part of your testimony. It's the start of your testimony, but every day is a testimony. Stand and give testimony to the hope you have in Jesus. However you choose to do it, if you share it with one person, I'll be a friend forever. If you share it to 10,000, we'll probably start working together. Because that's my mission in life. I want as many people to hear this as possible. Choose not to share it. I will pray for you. And I will still be your friend. Because I'm not going to judge you or condemn you on this. But if we multiply. Our God is a God of multiplication, remember. If we stand shoulder to shoulder in this mission, we will reach more people. And more people will be saved. There was a, a thing recently. I think it was shared in the prayer meeting yesterday, David about the little boy on the seashore where all the starfish had washed up on the shore and he was picking them up one by one and he was chucking them back in the sea and the cynic came along and said what are you doing you're never going to save all these starfish he said no picked up another one threw it in the sea but I saved that one bent down picked up another one threw it in the sea and he said I saved that one which starfish in your life needs saving I can think of loads in mine so we have hope because of the blood of the lamb we have a mission should you choose to accept it and actually this has been up here for two years now and it just couldn't get out of my head it was so simple i love it when god is so kind to us it was repeating in my brain this morning even before i was looking at my sermon notes in preparation and i'm going to confess this now i had to google it i forgot where it was great big banner in the front of our church it's been our mantra for two years you'd think i'd remember it right i had to google it 
So where does it say not, not to trust in ourselves, but to lean on him? I know it's, it's, it's probably in Proverbs somewhere. Oh, I have to Google it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I think it goes on a bit longer than that one. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. Right now, I think if I could offer you a pill that gave you health to your body and nourishment to your bones, every one of you would take it. Well, I've got it. Do you want it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Don't let fear conquer you. Don't let fear conquer you. Be sensible. Be safe. I love you. So does Jesus. Remember, that's your text message this week. That's your email. I love you. So does Jesus. We're going to send that to everyone, right? Come on, let's get it trending on Twitter, Jonathan. Do you reckon we could do that? I love you and so does Jesus. I actually used to say Jesus loves you and so do I. It, it rolls off the tongue a bit better. Jesus loves you and so do I. Let's get it trending on Twitter. Can I pray for us again? Lord, if your word is eternal, we choose to accept it fresh every day. New every morning. New every morning. But Lord, we proclaim it now. We claim it. We claim the victory in the name of Jesus and we proclaim victory. Not over the coronavirus alone, but everything associated with it. Lord, we proclaim victory over the health and wealth of our church and our family of our community, of our country, of our nation and of our world. Lord, we proclaim victory over fear and over condemnation. Lord, we proclaim victory now in the name of Jesus. We love you and we trust you. We lay our feet down again at the foot of the cross. Our whole lives at the foot of the cross. Because we love you and we trust you. And we know you love us. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.